Welcome to Hoop Fiends, the NBA podcast that is actually going to zag here and welcome COVID outbreaks in the league. Because this means that we may actually get Ronaldo Balkman to sign a 10-day contract for the Knicks to satisfy a couple oh of fiends God. out there. I, I didn't let's think see, about that. Let's see who we get to Please. We're entering the multiverse. Possibilities are endless. But fiends, the fate of the season is up in the air. So we truly cannot waste any time. As fast as the news is breaking with players going into health and safety protocols, we're going to combat that negativity with some genuine old-school holiday cheer. We'll be breaking down our top five favorite ways to ignore our families this holiday season, which all five of them include NBA games. As we cover the Christmas games, we'll be getting into what this COVID outbreak means for the league as a whole, those individual matchups, and bring another, and what I think is our best yet, top five starting rotations. So let's get into it. Fiends, quick heat check. How are we hanging in there? How are these COVID outbreaks affecting our individual mental health, our, our fear for sports being taken away? How's everybody doing on this holiday evening? I'm trying. I'm trying to make it through. You know, we'll figure it out. We'll get through it eventually, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's clear that, like, all the sports leagues right now have, like, biggest the biggest COVID problems they've ever had. And, like, they're just trudging along like nothing's happened. So I think they kind of all got comfortable and now the rug's being pulled out from them underneath. I think they fell into a system, which I don't blame them. Things were, like, looking okay for a bit. And then just, like, out of nowhere, these last two to three weeks, major stars are just getting sidelined. And it doesn't seem like it's, like, stopping anytime soon. The NHL is taking a break. I actually, just to comment about how little I follow the NHL, I didn't find out about that until, like, two, a full two days later. <laughs> well, so can someone correct me if uh, if I'm misunderstanding this? So the NHL, they originally did, like, a pause between travel of the countries. And so, like, any Canadian teams can't come play in the U.S. The NBA hasn't done anything like that with the Raptors, right? No, not yet. No, not yet. Send the Raptors it's back to one Tampa. Team. Yeah, I know they, they did. They, 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 they um, stated something where if you like are going to go to Canada, you have to be vaccinated, which I think like ninety eight percent to ninety nine percent of the league is. Biggest being Kyrie Irving, so like the he couldn't go with the Nets to play the road game in Toronto, even though he's trying trying to try to start to play road game. So that's the only thing with Canada. I think the NHL shut down because they have I think like four or five teams that are from Canada. So. Yeah, makes things a little, little bit tough in that, and that's in that department for sure. Yeah, man, it's tough, definitely tough. But again, yeah, it, basketball's still been pretty fun even before all this. Yeah, no, things are getting really competitive. Um, I think some teams that we thought were gonna really be surprising are kind of coming down back to earth. I think ever since Kyle Kuzma won the giant like hype beast baggy pink sweater, I think the Wizards have just been kind of tanking. Which I, I need to happen. They have not been good since last week. They're quarter. bad. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so I guess before we break down our full preview, we had a couple quick storylines we wanted to hit. Um, first, I, we give Steve every, a few minutes every single podcast to talk about the Cavs. Um, so We're a Cavs the, pod this year. What's different about the Cavs this week than it was two weeks ago? Well, what's awesome about those Cleveland Cavaliers is, well, until today when they didn't have Mobley and Jared Allen, which I've raved about their front court. I think it's the best in the league. Um, they lost, but they hadn't lost since we last recorded, and I called them, like, the biggest sleeper. Watch out for them. They win this Eastern Conference. And what's amazing is not only is J.B. Bickerstaff, that's who's coaching for them, not only has he done a great job, 
it just seems like all these players are just buying in and they just remind me so much of the Knicks last year where it's just like every one mm-hmm. of them is giving it all they have every single minute on the court. Kevin Love looks like he rediscovered his like love for basketball, not to make a pun on purpose, but he has been like clinically depressed for like the past like four seasons. Literally, like literally clinically yeah, depressed. Yeah. And he is having so much fun out there again playing with this group. And it all correlates with when Colin Sexton got hurt. I swear to God. <laughs> it's a Ewing theory. Sometimes the player that's just getting the ball the most has to get out of there. Which, well, and that makes me think, do you guys remember last year there was like that whole – because Kevin Love, he played like what, like 15 games of basketball last year. Like he didn't do anything. Um, but there was that whole report that like Colin Sexton like didn't really fuck with Kevin Love and he would he was like tweeting out things like Kevin yeah. Love like stole the bag from Cleveland and like he's playing – he's like liking tweets like that. And That's now right. Kevin Love's like, I love playing basketball. I want to show up every single day. Now that, now that Colin Sexton is It's a coincidence, man. I'm telling you, you got to look out for this group of Cleveland Cavaliers. They're so good. They like – they didn't lose badly today against the Celtics. Like they lost, but like Taco Fall was starting at center. Like they're not going to win an NBA game with him starting at center. But they just fight so damn. Jalen played well. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that was a game that they would never you know, really have a chance to win, but it's just you love everything about them when they play. I mean, Dean Wade, like, who is that? He was starting today. He's just the porn star version of Dwayne Wade. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but no, I, this team's real. Like, it's it's been sustained. Like, it's not just a fluke. Like, they've been here for a while now. I feel like I mention this every time, too, but I, I actually their, – their back – I mean, their front court is phenomenal. We talk about that. I love their uh, backcourt right now, though, too. I love the Garland Okoro backcourt. I, that that just rocks. I think they per- play off each other perfectly. That's how you want like a guard combo to work. Like a guy who's like a quick slasher, like go to get a bucket guy like Darius Garland. You want on the back end of that to have like a lockdown, defensive minded head case like Okoro. And I think they awesome. complement each other perfectly. Yeah, Okor I mean, can yam the ball. I hope he's in the dunk contest. Yeah, and him with the best defensive front court in the league. It's three insanely good defensive players that are running a defense that's really, really hard to score on. And it only, it, I just really wonder, is Laurie Markinen like the like – he's probably not the ideal small forward for this team. Like, it's working, but if they can make a trade and upgrade that spot and then have Laurie and Kevin Love both, like, coming off the bench and firing threes – that could be fun. I don't know who the perfect target would for them would be, but somebody who can is a good passer, can still get a bucket, and can shoot three, plays a little defense. I don't know. Chris Levert, maybe. Laurie's yeah. the only signing that I didn't like. I think, but I really do. I did love. It. I think they got Jared Allen on an absolute yeah. steal. I mean, it's. I didn't like the Laurie signing either, but it's working. I just don't think they have like a championship ceiling with Laurie Markkinen at small forward. That's so what is their ceiling this year? Do you think they could like mirror what the Hawks did last year? Like I, go on a run like that? Yeah. I, I said it last podcast. I genuinely think they might be the third best team in the East. I think uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn, like they by far have the superstar championship talent, but I think they could beat Miami and I'm the biggest Miami fan there is. And I think they could beat Miami. I think they could beat Chicago. They're definitely younger than Miami. Yeah, I think they could put up a good fight against those types of teams. Maybe not necessarily beat them, but I would pick them just because I believe. 
Yeah, John, the Atlanta Hawks is a good comparison because very similar. They have a guy uh, who – a franchise centerpiece who is kind of already budding into his own. I think that's Evan Mobley. And then they have, like, seven guys who are all pretty good at basketball. And, like, yeah, they don't have exactly. anybody else who's like great at basketball, but they have, like, seven guys who are, like, we can do our job above average. And that's, like, really right. all you need to do well. So I was about to say, like, for that – for that scenario that you're talking about, Steve, to work, they would like, I was about to say that they have to have, you know, Garland pop off and just really become a star. But actually, it's not just him that, like, would have to do great. It's also, like, Mobley. Like, they have so many other deep options. So it's not like it's on one person to absolutely become, like, a superstar overnight and have one of those playoff runs that we were talking about last season where we always say that someone just gets hot during the playoffs and kind of has that offseason narrative that are they the guy now they have a bunch of guys that could do that so it's not like they're relying on one person it's pretty it's pretty exciting to think about and i hope that they hang on to their young core and don't do that thing where like teams that are kind of rebuilding do where they trade these pieces away for someone kind of middling in their career oh like lebron james yeah yeah that i mean Give it, give it time. I think this offseason, I think if LeBron keeps trending the way he is, he might want to return home twice. I mean, he's a good fit for the small forward they need. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, we can joke. That would probably be the single funniest thing to happen. Like, whether they win a, a championship or not, LeBron being like, this is actually a mistake. I'm, I want to come back to play. <laughs> that's hysterical. Like, that's something we're going to be monitoring for sure. Give it um, time. I want to say, like, it's maybe June we start to see the thing pieces about it. We're already seeing them. Yeah, I think we're already getting them. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I guess the other big storyline we wanted to talk about a little bit uh, is a little bit of trouble going down on down in Memphis. Um, I'm sure many of you guys are unaware, but John Morant was out for an extended period of time with an injury, and while he was out, the Memphis Grizzlies were playing incredibly well. Um, they were winning uh, a large portion of their games. And John Morant finally came back at, uh, against OKC the other night, and they lost to again OKC, who is one of the worst teams in the NBA, and allegedly was getting fans calling him saying that they're better without him and that he should sit another game. That's the um, most Midwest thing to happen. <laughs> I know. Yeah, John was clearly very hurt by this. He like took it, took it to Twitter. Was not happy. Um, I mean, I think we're all kind of in agreement here, but I, I'm down to let you guys get into a little bit of a tirade against this if you want. Yeah, I just think it's asinine. Like, John Morant is probably the best thing that's happened to that franchise. And I don't, we set it off, Mike, I don't know how long, maybe like 10, 15 years, maybe even longer. I don't. The, the last thing of value that happened in the Memphis Grizzlies was when they, so when they traded Pau Gasol to the Lakers, they got like a pick that turned into Marcus on. Like, obviously, Marcus was like, yeah, and they have had decent runs with that group of like Zach Randolph and Mike Conley and whatever. But I mean, this John Moran has the potential to be the one of the best players in franchise history, mm-hmm. absolutely, undeniably, because of the stupid Ewing theory that we were just talking about earlier. Like, yeah, the team must stepped up while he was out, and like now he's back, and like he's your best player, he has the most potential on your team. And I just like think it's horrible to be treating like that and maybe it's because i'm a jumper fan but it, maybe if it's a player i don't like i'm thinking differently but i just i cannot believe that any grizzlies fan would even think that it, it that's the kind of thing like i wonder how many people actually believe that and it's just like just two drunk idiots said it and, and that's like, kind of thing yeah. right like I, there's no way you could say 
we don't need John Moran. Well, how many have already how many have have the lost John back? Like, like four games? Like, like how bad are well, John just a, got back. Yeah, he, he just back. came back. He came back on uh, Sunday, right? Or Monday. Um, yeah, Monday. And they lost the Thunder. It's been one game. I think if it's like twenty games, like you start to have those conversations. Like, yeah, yeah. Admit, oh, yeah. If they lose twenty. If they lose twenty in, in a row. row with yeah. <laughs> if they lose twenty in a row, they can have any conversation they want. That's right. <laughs> but it's been a game. Like this guy's like made them relevant again, and he actually got them over the hump and won them a playoff game for the first time in a handful of years last year. Get out of here with that. Like it happens when guys finally get to have a new role. Like the other scenario that's coming to mind is like Carmelo Anthony going down, and that like during like the insanity years with the Knicks, like a bunch of random guys just started doing really well, and the number one guy's out. But this yeah, is such people a were fun like, young should core. We, should we give the Knicks to Jeremy Lin and we'll let Carmelo Anthony go? It's like no, like no. I'd actually think I was saying that. Like I think I was writing that as my Facebook status. <laughs> Me too, but like we were we were idiots. <laughs> yeah. Now we know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what I love about Jaw in particular is I feel like it's very easy where if you win rookie of the year they kind of like plateau off a little bit and you're like like I'll be honest like I never thought John Morant was going to be like a super duper star I thought he'd be like a pretty good guy maybe like a once or an all-star like maybe three or four times but nothing too special but from what I've seen from him when he's playing this year I see something special like I I think he has the opportunity to be the best player on a, on a title contending team. I really do think that way. And um, I think it's crazy to even try, especially in a small market like Memphis, to try to ostracize the, the face of your franchise. As you guys said, someone who could be one of the best players in their franchise history. So, I, I think he has what you want in a franchise player. I think he actually makes his team around him better. I think when I think about jaw highlights, I think I, of course, see him like, steamrolling towards the basket but he also can like dish it out in the paint really quickly to someone for like that in the in the dunker spot he's really unselfish with the ball so i, I think that's just the kind of person you want with your team grizzlies fans are treating Ja morant how king's fans should be treating De'Aaron fox yes <laughs> he's yes. gonna get traded he will go somewhere I, I actually just heard i was listening to to the ringers uh the show and those guys are talking about getting De'Aaron Fox to the Knicks. I'm not sure if that's what I'm in need for, but I think he will get moved. Just, I think he could be good somewhere else. If we don't have to give up that much for him, maybe. But like, it's just too guard heavy of a team right now. Like not this sounds, sounds very Colin Sexton esque. Yeah, it's like <laughs> these guys clearly don't have something that John Morant has, and like I don't know if it's an it factor. I don't know if it's like a takeover ability late in the game. I don't know what it is, but there's something John Morant has that star potential that these other guys don't. Well, and I think the other huge point with John Morant is he said multiple times that all he wants to do and one of his big things is he wants to put a small city on the map for basketball, which is huge, especially if you're in a city like Memphis where you always have to worry about your players leaving to go to L.A. or New York or something like that. John Morant being like, I want to be here and I want to make our city relevant. Dude, like what more could you want? That's something that small market teams oh, kill awesome. to have. Um, I'm all the way in on John Morant crazy if they let that guy walk <laughs> are right. they going to be this good i mean do you think the grizzlies hold down this this wave of the riding for much longer i actually didn't expect them to be anywhere near the top four seeds in the west for this long i think they will just because i have such little respect for the rest of the western conference yeah <laughs> like, the fact that nikola Jokic is like single-handedly dragging the nuggets into a five seed right now is amazing like the 
the Suns, the Warriors, and the Jazz are all clear cut the top of the top. Like they're the cream of the crop. They may be like three of the five best players yeah. in the NBA. Three of the five best teams in the NBA. Four, five, four through ten, maybe even four through eleven, all are like interchangeable, irrelevant. Yeah, like I, yeah, I can see like the I can see the Wolves being the five seed actually. Okay, I mean, they're yeah. more of a complete team than the Nuggets in some ways. Okay, John's a cat really quick. Corwin He's been is great. literally a metaphorical limp. Like they're just like limping every time they play basketball literally like yeah, yeah luka Doncic may fart his way to a four seed <laughs> like it, that could just happen and like i don't i'm not going to deny it like the lakers, <laughs> the lakers are still there i mean like they stink but like they're also like maybe they don't stink every once in a while um yeah i don't really know it's those three those three basketball teams and i have no respect for like the rest of the western conference so yes john in that sense yes i think they will stay around the four or five seed yeah they're legit. They're pretty solid. Dylan Brooks, they're, they're a lot of fun. I, I like a lot of the guys on the team. Jaron Jackson, I think there was a lot of questions going to the season. I think I always heard so much Jaron Jackson talk, but he was banged up. We didn't know if he could live up to that hype, but he looks like he's been a really good two-way player for them. Very much so. It's like uh, Nash and Amari 2.0 with uh, Jaron Jackson and Ja. Yeah, it's pretty sick to watch. They played great. They they played the beautiful game. It's how James Naismith would have wanted to see it. <laughs> I, I think before we got into the Christmas games, the last like just kind of out of nowhere fun team that we wanted to cover is uh, OKC, who's been kind of hot lately. Yeah, I I really wanted to talk about OKC honestly, just because like I feel like last pod we recorded right after they lost by I think it was like seventy five points or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact seventy two, I believe. But like ever since then, they've gotten Giddy and uh, SGA back, and like they've been winning basketball games. They won again tonight. I'm pretty sure. Uh, they, they did. They literally beat the Nuggets. They just beat Jokic, and like they won the night before on a uh, a buzzer beater. Like Shea hit. That was huge against the, the Clippers, right? Then there was the yeah. game where, against the Pelicans where Shea hit the crazy buzzer beater, and then, it's like a thirty-five like footer. Yeah, and then uh, the Pelicans hit a game-winning shot. It's like they're just always in fun games, and like I kind of, I would kind of want to apologize to them a bit because like they're, I don't think they're the worst team in the NBA, maybe second or third. And they're just like kind of fun. They're a bunch of young guys running around doing stuff. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, they're, they're the team I would probably want to watch more than like five other teams. I think I like their games way more than Pelicans or Kings games. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, or the Trailblazers. I I mean, we I think we talked about this off mic beforehand, but I want to do everything in my power to get SGA out of OKC, and I think we have the the trade to do it. We'll get. Ben Simmons in OKC yes. for Shea and like two of their first, or maybe you probably don't even have to give up two. Maybe just one does the whole deal, and uh, you get SGA with Embiid, an elite powerhouse duo, like already two huge stars in the making, and then you get Ben Simmons in OKC to build a whole team around him with zero pressure. I think that works out better for everybody. Would the Thunder really want that though? Dude, well, I don't care what they want. I just don't yeah, want just them. Free shake, just. Every time I see I, – there's flashes with SGA where I think he could be what we're talking about with Ja. Like, I think he could be one of, like, the best players in a title. He, play, he plays on, like, Kyrie in his prime to me. I'm getting Kyrie vibes from SGA this year. Like, his ball handling has gone up so much. Yeah. He's always – I feel – I mean, I, of course it makes sense. When I was watching a little bit more Thunder games, when Chris Paul was on that team, he was playing off ball, kind of being a spot up shooter. He's really like running the game now. It's it's awesome to see how much he can create his own shot. 
And they're not going to be able to build a title contending team around him within the next two years. Like, just freaking, no, they're let's not. just cut it loose. Like, they can't figure it out. No, right. They don't have enough, like, I mean, they have a ton of picks and, like, some players, but they don't have enough to trade up to, like, build around him, no matter how good he gets. So he should go. And I think, I don't know, if Ben Simmons, like, is there for whatever kind of contract he signs there, if he looks like he just has some life and competitiveness into him again, the Thunder will do what the Thunder will do, and they'll flip him again. They'll do like a Chris Paul thing with Ben Simmons. He'll be there exactly. for a year. It's like an audition just to make him look like he gives a shit again, and they'll move him again 100%. to a team that needs him, and they'll get more picks in a piece and just recycle that process for who knows how long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think the Thunder, I still think they're pretty pretty bad to watch. I mean, Lude, I mean, again, flashes like SGA – phenomenal Lou Dort is awesome like we love we Lou Dort was like originally like a meme for us but hardcore meme dude he's like a really good player absolutely he's one of the best defensive players in the league so there's nights where his like free ball is just there uh some people I've seen some articles out there with people talking about the prowess of Poku people think Poku can just like pop off one day and be really good but I haven't really seen it yet believe in Poku and Giddy love those guys oh you like Poku Steve I love both of them I love the Thunder. I'm just realizing this. That's why I wanted to bring. Are him there up. any vets lim- like lingering that around that team anymore? I don't think so. I think they're favors. He just plays center. Yeah. It's like he got banished to the wall to go there. Yeah. Mike Muscala is just there. He's always been there. He's just like man. You <laughs> can't get rid of it. So I guess it's just fa- it, they're fun to watch, but they're not fun enough to make the Christmas Day slate, which has meant a lot more to me in the past. I would say five to six years than Thanksgiving. Did football has i know I, I i think we talked about this before but i freaking hate that the nfl is trying to creep it on the nba's turf and put like yeah, two get the, football get games. the fuck out of here yeah what are you thinking man roger Goodell, you loser this is our one day honestly i, I didn't really realize this too i saw recently that nba christmas brings in annually way more viewership than the nba finals like, it's a big day. A lot of people are just kind of – I bet there are some casual fans out there that are like, oh, it's fun to pinch through the NBA. Like, I watch the NBA playoffs, and my regular season NBA is all done in one day. I bet, I bet that's everybody's regular season just kind of crunched down, shotgunned. Yeah, I mean, I think – well, I think for me, I – like, I'll just always have the TV on, and I'll just, like, be ducking in and out, and I'll watch, like, five minutes at a time. Yeah. I'll probably watch, like, the majority of two games. Like, I usually like the, the, uh, the noon game and then, like, the like the primetime game at 8. I'll try to watch a lot of – but other than that, like, it's just such a fucking pleasure. <laughs> it truly is my privilege to be able to run into the room, grab a beer for, like, five, ten minutes, just sit down and watch, like, the Bucks. I feel like the Bucks have been on, like, for a long time the past few years. Like, it's just great. Yeah, I think I watch every second of every game. <laughs> every holiday. I'm not going to lie. It's incredible. My favorite thing it. in the world. I love it. Do you guys have any like Christmas, uh, Christmas Day NBA game like memories that stand out? Oh, I mean the Steph, Kyrie, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, games. everyone always posts that one. And the Kyrie, even though the Cavs won and Kyrie had the big shot, that game was just so awesome. It was uh, a big narrative game. Like everyone was talking about the finals beforehand. So that was a lot of fun. I loved that one. There was one game a few years ago. I can't remember. I, I swear this happened. Like, I, I'm positive this happened. I can't remember who they were playing, but the Timberwolves were the night game. And the only reason this is even remotely relevant is they just didn't have 
a real booth and they just had the four inside the NBA guys oh, that was be the commentators. And it was so like a podcast. It was like the worst thing in the world if you were listening from a basketball. Like Ernie Johnson was trying so hard to do play-by-play. But you know, like just Chuck just talks over everybody the entire time. Like it was just not – it was the funniest thing in the world. It's like the I love the inside the NBA. And so it was just great to listen to that. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. Uh, one of my earliest memories of it is when I remember it was such a hype thing and I, I, I was so upset that I missed it. All my cousins all day long were hyping up the uh, the Heat-Lakers game because it was the first year that Shaq was on the Heat. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I didn't really understand, like, the like the effects of this yet and how, like, huge the implications here were. I think I fell asleep before it could even go down because it was, like, the 8 o'clock game. I remember just being, like, pissed the next day. I'm like, shit, I missed this. But I think if memory serves me right, I think Kobe, like, airballed right at the end there because I was still, like, that, like, mess of a Lakers team when he had to try to figure everything out there on his own. Yeah, they always try to build the storylines, you know, that's a big storyline that Kobe Shaq rematch. Is there a lot of storylines being woven into this, this slate of matchups? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, we, let's just get right into it. So uh, the first game kicking us off um, is your guys' Knicks versus the Atlanta Hawks. Um, So big storyline there is obviously the Trey Young versus uh, New York city. Which I'm is going to be there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that was that was the punchline of the whole. It's going to be really fucking quiet in there. They set this up to for that, like Trey Young becoming Reggie Miller 2.0 and just terrorizing the Knicks for the next like five, ten years, and he has COVID, so he won't even be playing, which is very unfortunate. I mean, COVID no, like, ruined the whole slate. It's horrible what it's done. I know. I know. We we planned this before we found out that every team was going to have some superstar affected by COVID in some way, which is probably the worst. Um, yeah, it's so almost the, fair, though. The so Knicks... we have no no Trey and no no Lou Will, but we're down by a lot of, a lot of guys, too. Yeah, I mean, you the Knicks are missing. D-Rose, not for COVID. He's got his knee problem. Uh, Quickly's got COVID. Sucks. Yeah, Quickly's got COVID. RJ's got COVID. Grimes has got COVID. Um that sucks. Miles McBride's got COVID, I believe, too. Yeah, we just got Obi back, though, so we get to watch him at least. Oh, Obi. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so the Hawks are missing. Yeah, John, you already mentioned Trey and Lou. They're missing Clint Capella and DeAndre Hunter and uh, Gallinari. Like, those are like, what else do you need, man? That's and Herder. Herder's out, too, I believe. So it's like John Collins and Bogdanovich against these like patched together Knicks. Yeah, that it it sucks. But again, like uh Julius Randle's still gonna be there. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh I'll still enjoy the shit out of this game. Yeah, no, me too. I mean in in terms of like what we're looking for in a game, uh I think Randall, this is gonna be his probably like one of the biggest stages he's played on, like everybody watching yeah, him. Actually it really does um, all kind of come down to him. It's like a repeat of like <laughs> of the biggest problem with the playoffs is now it's just him in the limelight. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think this game could be a ton of fun. It's going to be crowded with uh, New York fans. They're going to be cheering off because everyone bought tickets in this game in advance to boot Trey Young. He's never going to be there. And like, I, I'd be kind of pissed off if I spent all that money. And then yeah, it's you don't even get the number one thing you want. Um, I'll just like boo Cam Reddish in solidarity. Just so like this one. Yeah. <laughs> just Cam Reddish is like, what? Why don't even do anything? We can't boo Trey Young. Just boo this guy. <laughs> boo. Cam's not a bucket. 
So I think as besides Knicks Trey, fans, though, Bogdanovich is my least favorite hawk outside of Trey. Yeah. That guy's a Knicks killer. I feel like he's just deadly against us. Fuck that guy. So, as Knicks fans, what do you hope to see out of your team who's alive and ready to play for this game? Just Julius Randle playing well, please. Like, It's a redemption game. Yeah, he got shut down by these Hawks, so it would just be nice for him to just, on a national stage, like you said, perform well so he can do it. He's had a rough year, so just be nice to see him succeed. And then give me some Obi clashes. I want Obi and Randle on the court together. I've been saying it for so long. Maybe now they have to do it. Kemba's actually kind of looked good again. He's had some good games recently, so yes. I don't know. Maybe if, like, this can kind of work, we can find a lineup with him that works. I don't think he should start, but I also don't think we should just outright bench him. So if I want to see him continue to play really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll it's 26 points. Like, like, who knows? Like, I, I think, like, there's a solid chance a lot of these guys who have COVID, like, they may be able to be back, um, like, for this game. So, like, we can see this whole this whole game may completely change, but yeah, I if we're if you're gonna guess uh, the winning team of this game, uh, who do you think? What team do you think takes it home? The Knicks at home, they they get it done. We're not, not gonna, gonna let it happen some twice. Let's go Knicks. Yeah, I I think the Knicks take it <laughs> home too. I just I think the Hawks are just a little bit too battered in order to, to win this game shorthanded. Even though like again, Knicks are missing some players too. The Hawks are missing like half of their rotation. And they're missing guys that are like their shock creators too. Like the people they have are not really people that can go out there and like get a bucket, you know? So the people I mean, that they do, do have, have a little bit better. They do have top 20 NBA coach of all time, Nate McMillan, though. So I really, anything's possible. You can make it happen. <laughs> I still can't believe that shot, man. Insane. <laughs> He's hanging in there. Um, Give it time. He'll be top 10 eventually. So moving on into our uh, two, the two thirty game right after the slate is my favorite team, the Boston Celtics play against my second favorite team, the Milwaukee Bucks, which is a, a ton of fun. I'm very much looking forward to this game. Um, what takeaways you guys come and have coming out of this one? No Giannis, right? That's the biggest thing right now. Is we're not. Yeah, maybe no Giannis. Maybe he yeah, maybe he can play though. Apparently, apparently he can maybe play. Apparently, he can make, I'll take that. I'll take apparently, maybe. Because he's really the only big star missing, right? The Celtics guys and Drew and Chris are all playing, right? Yeah, I think Chris is back, so he'll be good to play. Oh, okay. As of now, they're missing Giannis, DiVincenzo, Wesley Matthews, and Knicks legend Bobby Portis. Yeah, but they signed – yeah, they signed DeMarcus Cousins to replace uh, Bobby Portis, which is, like, the funniest replacement of all. That was really the first one, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we're talking about Celtics 10-day signings, the return of Iso Joe Johnson. I hope he plays on Christmas. He was really good in Ice Cube's big three league, so let's see it. Dude, I'm so in on Iso Joe making the return. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, the Celtics, they're obviously – I mean, they're missing missing Grant Williams, Al Horford, and Josh Richardson, who are huge parts of their rotation – um, which is going to suck. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, there's a chance maybe. I feel like Giannis has been in uh, COVID quarantine for almost two weeks. Maybe they activate him for this game. I don't know. Um, I'll have to see. But, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been wild to, for this I game. I feel like the Celtics have kind of been on a run lately. 
I feel like they've been looking pretty good. Yeah. So. I, Big they, test of the game for them. I, well, this has been like a, a, one of the better stretches where Tatum and Brown have played together. Um, it really does seem like this is like a, a Tatum game and this is a Brown game. <laughs> like like today, for example, they beat the they beat the Cavs and Jalen had like high 30. Like he had over 30 points. Um, that's sick. That's like what you want. Uh, Tatum's definitely come back into his own. He's, just, he's a stud. He's a superstar. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I feel that they can beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. I don't know. Um, especially if Giannis does not play. And I, even if they have yeah. uh, Middleton and Drew, I feel like they can win because they the got need this game more too. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Oh, uh, definitely. I mean, they're they're at five hundred. They're at five hundred right now. It's so weird because I feel like with COVID, it's hard to say like which teams are like elite and which ones are still like struggling and solve their problems. I think the Celtics definitely still have their problems, but um, I don't think they're that. I don't think that Milwaukee should be seven point favorites at them without Giannis. That seems kind of crazy to me. No, they beat the Bucks just a few games ago. Yeah, so I'm. I think the Celtics can win this game. What about you guys? Yeah, I I'll take the Bucks if Giannis plays, but otherwise, I think the Celtics probably have the uh, the edge. You know, I'm not the biggest Chris Middleton fan as a leader, so I'll go Celtics if there's no Giannis. Bucks if there is Giannis. I'll zag and give it up to the Bucks. Uh, the depth, the depth that that team has. I feel like we had some really great Grayson Allen games earlier this year, and. Pat Connaughton is looking good, so I feel like they can actually pull this out, Giannis or not. All I'm asking for is 25 minutes from Bo- Boogie Cousins at center. I just want, want okay. to watch Boogie play. Give him a chance. Hey, I feel like out of all the 10-day contracts, this one actually could stick. I think we actually were – when we were talking about the Bucks more than any other pod in the country last uh, postseason, I feel like we were saying that they needed another backup big to give Brooke Lopez a bit of a break. So I think he actually will like ride out the year in a Bucks uniform. I mean, they, they they don't even need him though, because they got Bobby Portis, who's like the best big man of all time. Like, yeah. It's like a Kim Elijah one. He's been saving people out there. Free Bobby. Free Bobby, baby. Um, all right, the biggest game of the week. Uh, oh, I know. The game at five o'clock. Which uh, was the eight? Praying this one doesn't get screwed over to COVID. We talked about this matchup every single week because they play every seven days. It feels like, but it's a. Uh, Golden State against Phoenix in Phoenix. Yeah, like you said, probably the only one knock on knock on wood that hasn't been affected by COVID yet. And I just think it's going to be awesome. Uh, Steph Curry kind of has this new platform after just coming off uh, being the crown, the three point king the other day at MSG, which we could talk about too. But uh, yeah, just kind of seeing uh, how the Steph led Golden State team plays against the Suns with Devin Booker again because the last time they played, Devin right. Booker didn't play. So right now it's one nothing kind of in terms of the Suns having the edge on the Warriors with a full health, full slated roster. And it'll be – I mean, I'm sure both teams aren't fully healthy because the league's nuts right now. But it'll be a nice way to see them uh, play against each other with relatively full health. Yeah, well, I really want to see what their answer is for their defense. I just feel like Mikel Bridges and – even like Aiden come off of the post and gets the perimeter just to lock down Curry. Like, you have to have someone else kind of step up and just take the attention away from him. 
Yeah, the only big names between the two teams that are missing are Wiggins is out with COVID for Golden State and Jordan Poole is out for COVID as well, which sucks. And and Iguodala. Uh, I thought to be honest, but still. Yeah. Is anyone like, out from Phoenix? I mean, besides Frank Kaminsky, like <laughs> not really that many like huge guys. Abdul Nader's out. Won't be missed. That's gonna sway your opinion. Um, Never played. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I my heart or my head says that Phoenix right now, with with taking COVID aside, is the better team. My heart says Steph is on another level in terms of all their NBA players. Like he's there. It's him, Durant, Giannis, and Jokic are just like transcending basketball right now. And then everybody else is clearly under them. Um, I think I, you said, Steve, he, he broke the all-time three-point record at MSG. He was loving it. He he wanted it. He knew that everybody wanted it for him. I was him. there. I was in attendance at the game. <laughs> Actually, you were not in attendance at the game. You were there. You were I didn't not in pay attendance. for attendance, but I was at MSG the night he broke the record. So... <laughs> Love it, love it. It was great to see. Yeah. I love to see that his dad just handmade up that night the the hat he wore and just him like going crazy for him. It's Ray Allen was cool too. Yeah, him yeah. and Reggie, it was great. That was cool to see. They, yeah. They're both super think... accepting of it. Like none of them seem like they have any animosity. I think Ray was holding on to it a little bit longer, like he because it I mean, happened a little bit more recently. How, Let, let's how be how honest, though, bro. That that's gonna that he was gonna break that record. I mean, come on. Exactly. Yeah, they knew. Yeah. Also, I mean, if Ray really wanted to, he could get a 10-day right now and just, like, chuck up a bunch of threes for, I like, know. On, like, some crap. The Hawks. The Hawks should sign him before uh, Christmas, see if they can get him in. Yeah, they just signed Lance Stevenson. Ray Allen's probably better than Lance Stevenson. Oh, Ray Allen's definitely better than Lance Stevenson. Ray Allen, doesn't, Ray Allen does not have to move. He could just shoot the ball. He doesn't have to actually do anything. That's um, why Steph will play for yeah. another 10 years. Yeah. Very well, similar body type and style. And so going back to this game, I feel like if Golden State's going to win, it's got to be a Steph game where he gets like 37. Yeah, Like they need that. And I feel like he loves the regular season huge moments. I feel like he tends to go off. He's been really great at Christmas Day games. We were just talking about one of the most memorable games was that uh, huge duel between him and Kyrie. I think maybe like 16, 17. So it could definitely happen. I, I think he loves to rise to the occasion like that. But I do. I I think once we get to this playoff matchup, I do think the Suns could edge out the Warriors. As of now, I think they're a bit deeper. It'll be interesting to see, um, kind of like the Mikel Bridges impact impact on the game too. Because in the first game they played, it was literally kind of talked about how he was the only player to like ever do what he did to Steph Curry, just limiting him and playing defense on him. And then in game two, you didn't really see much of it. But if Golden State's out, probably I want to say their next two biggest scorers in Wiggins and Poole, I think that's right. I don't think anyone else is up there in scoring with Steph. No. Without them to have to worry about if Mikel and like if they just like double Steph box and one or something, it could get ugly. Like Steph might not be okay. You know, is the dude though is Kaminga. I love he him. had a, he had a monster game the other night too. Um, he looks like he's coming into his own. Um, he, he may not be yeah. a guy that you trade, right? Like, if yeah, they I, think hold on to him. I would trade Wiseman first. Yeah, I mean, Wiseman's like a broken asset, though, right? He hasn't played in like a month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what after that, yeah, well, it, it was so funny last year, and everyone was just like, 
oh, like Wiseman, like we're just gonna, they're just gonna, Golden State's just gonna coax him along. He's under great leadership with Steph Curry and Draymond. They're gonna, and uh, Steve Curry, they're gonna teach him real well. And Steve Curry's just like, nope, you're done. Get out of here. I know. Steve Curry they're not there. really rushing him back or anything like Especially that. They had LaMelo Ball. Jesus. Oh my God, they had LaMelo. That'd be, dude, imagine that backcourt. Steph I think I did kind of get caught up though in that, like, narrative of like he wouldn't gel with them he's too young he's gonna be too much of a ball hog and it's just been the opposite he would have thrived in the system he would have been so he's a pass first point guard it would have been perfect well Golden if he State. gives him any trash if he gives him any trash draymond would just would have kicked his ass <laughs> yeah yeah literally so um, I, think, I think anyone kind of fits their system it is a shame but i think they'll get rid of him eventually of, of wise moves i think i think that position right now is a little bit more dispensable in the nba but i think finding a guard like uh like Kaminga is even tougher. Yeah, I agree. All right, so if we're if we're making predictions for this game, what do you guys think? I'm never not going to pick the Warriors. So riding with Steph, even though everything I said contradicted that. I'm gonna go Phoenix. I do see the uh, storylines in the days after being like, what is. What are the moves down the road for the Warriors to figure out like Phoenix in the in the playoffs? Like this team's just too good. I, I think I just I can predict that coming in my Magic eight ball. So I go Phoenix. Yeah, I'm gonna go Phoenix as well. I just think that they're just too deep right now. And like again, it sucks that we have to say this, but I I don't know if the Warriors can overcome missing Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole and Iguodala to like outscore Phoenix, who's or like also. Debatably the best team in the NBA, so like who knows? Andrew Wiggins um, has never been more missed in his life. <laughs> facts. It, it's a bummer that uh, huge bummer that uh, um, that Clay's not coming back. I uh, I, wish I know. Able to come back. Imagine if he had that Christmas Day return. That might have been the only thing that could have saved like this slate of games is if this was marked as like the Clay Thompson return, kind of like how uh. In like 2011, one of my favorite Christmas Day memories when the Celtics played the Knicks, our, our two teams, it was like the first game back from the lockout, and it was like, this is the, this is it, NBA's back. It's like, this is it, Clay's back. This is all we got to market. So, I'm in sick. <laughs> Omicron is surging across the country, but Clay's back, everybody. <laughs> we lost half the league to COVID, but Clay is here to save us all. It would have been all perfect. Right, um, let's. Let's move into this joke of a basketball game. Oh the, my God. the Brooklyn Nets are playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Let me can I let me just read you the injury report between these two teams. Blake Griffin day to day. Lamarcus Aldridge out. Kevin Durant out. James Harden out. Nick Claxton day to day. Kyrie Irving out. Bruce Brown out. Paul Millsap out. Joe Harris out. Crazy. That's all just the the Nets. And then this game might not happen. Honestly, dude, it may not happen. You go to the the Lakers, we're missing Davis, obviously, LeBron James, day-to-day, Trevor Ariza, day-to-day, Malik Monk out, Avery Bradley out, Kendrick Nunn out. Who's going to play this basketball game? Isaiah Thomas. (laughs) It's going to be a big Austin Reeves game. Austin Reeves. Dude, I think Austin Reeves is out, too. Austin Reeves is (laughs) out. Health and safety protocols. (laughs) I read the savior. I read the Lakers like trotted out a lineup of like uh, it Rondo, Carmelo, LeBron, and like someone else stupid. Like it was like what like, I cannot believe 
the roster that these guys. The two K thirteen lineup. Seriously, this is going to be a game where Westbrook plays like forty two minutes, gets twenty eight points, and he has like a minus seven plus minus yeah. in the box score, and they yeah. still lose. He gets a quadruple double in turnovers. Yes. Um, um, yeah, it's crazy to think at the one point people thought this could have been a finals matchup, but I think if you just zoom out and even just kind of write off the health and safety protocols, Brooklyn's the better team here in so many ways. Oh, interesting. So I was actually going to say, this is a game LeBron James has to play, and he's going to be at the center stage all alone. There's nobody else who can remotely rival him. And so he could get like 48 to, and just like light up the game and not – have anybody else touch the basketball and he's just because he's played against like scrubs in Brooklyn with nobody on his own team he has to pass to I think the Lakers win off LeBron James being like give me the ball every play like it's his like retirement game it is kind of an old school like LeBron versus KD uh, duel you know does anyone want to have a bet with me okay well wait first wait is Patty Mills on the injury report Patty he's Mills not. is not on the injury report okay I want to bet somebody that Patty Mills outscores LeBron all right, I'll, I'll bet you that. Yeah, we'll I mean, yeah. ten, ten bucks to both of you. Okay, you're on. I'm riding Patty Mills all Christmas Day. That's what I'm excited for. Think, the Patty Mills game. I mean, baby. He's been great. I'm worried about the Lakers, but if the Patty Mills outscores LeBron James in this game, I'm off the the, I, the Lakers are not winning anything. Patty Mills might take forty. I don't think Patty Mills can. Can score forty points in a week. He's gonna have to. No, no he's been great. He's actually been holding it down for them. He had like a thirty, a thirty point plus game the other week. He's been really good. Bronze medalist. He's a bronze medalist. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this game's a farce. This game shouldn't happen. Yeah, I'm picking the Nets behind Patty Mills. That's my pick. Right, I'm, I'm picking the Lakers behind LeBron James. I think Kevin Durant like just shows it. The, the the torch has been like passed a long time ago. This is this is his league. Kevin Kevin Durant's not playing. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he has health and safety. For, yeah, so it's just yeah, it's just LeBron gonna run amok on these guys. So, yeah, no, it's it's not even <laughs> no. All right. Well, I still want to go Brooklyn. I think the Lakers have a meltdown. It's a Patty Mills. <laughs> That was awesome. I'm glad we documented that. Uh, cool. All right, last game. He could test closing out the night. Test negative. We'll see. I'm rude for it. Okay, yeah, we'll see. Um, last game to close out everything. Ten thirty game. This is the game I never watch. I'm always asleep by this by now. Uh, but it's the Utah Jazz against the Dallas Mavericks. A game that was interesting until eight hours ago when Luka Doncic tested positive for COVID. Sucks. Now it's awful. Uh, so now there's no Luca, no Porzingis, probably no Willie Cauley Stein, no Trey Burke. I mean, those guys are technically important in theory, but they also suck. Um, I don't think this one. I think this is an easy one. The Jazz are just the Jazz are just far and away better than the Mavericks anyway. So without Luca, this may be like getting like Duke to play like a high school, like a JV high school team. This actually might be a bloodbath. Yeah. The better question is: Will the Jazz win by more or less than fifteen? More than fifteen? Yeah. Oh, they'll win by more than fifteen. That's 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 a better question. I, I, the Mavs could keep it a little close, but I mean, I would take the Jazz minus fifteen too. Uh, well, that's let me ask fair. you this: who who brings the ball up for the Mavs? Jalen Brunson, right? 
think he does it. See him I, I think so too. You don't I don't think he does good. yet. He's been good. He has had a good year. Yeah, but I mean, like that's all they got, though. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think Jalen Brunson and Tim Tim Hardaway can keep them within 15 against one of the best teams in the NBA. No, probably not. Yeah. But you never know with Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, the guys the Mavs fucking love. You know one of them is going to drop like 20. Could be oh, a beer. Oh, my God. Yeah. My anti-dudes. My anti-guys. I hate this team so much. Yeah, and the Jazz are really one of the most boring teams. So it's just going to be – I might not even watch this. This might be the first Christmas game I miss. You love the Jazz, though, Steve. They're still boring. Very I read true. a tweet today. It was like Rudy Gobert is uh, number oh, one yeah. defensive efficiency and number two in offensive efficiency. MVP candidate? Question mark. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? He can never. Like, that guy can't even play in a playoff. Yeah. All right. I mean, this was an easy one. Like, we're all picking the Jazz, right? Yeah. There's no angle. Jazz no by all right. It's going to be fun. So fun just to close it up. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going to keep a tally, a running tally for Christmas Day, and we're going to mark off everything that happens. So Steve's picks, the Knicks, Celtics, Warriors, Nets, and Jazz. I picked the Knicks, Celtics, Suns, Lakers, and Jazz. And John picked Knicks, Bucks, Suns, Nets, and Jazz. So some of the picks remain the same, but we got some parity around here, so – Interested to see what happens here. That'll be fun. All right, shall we head into a holiday tradition? Let's do it, dude. I'm ready. All right, everybody. We're about to go ahead and transition from our, I think, what makes the most sense. It's going to be a little bit easier to do than days of the week for uh, a starting five. Let's go ahead and introduce the uh, starting five of Christmas icons. So, this could really be yeah. Christmas movie characters, like you know, Christmas mo- Christmas spirits, anything like that. So, I know you. Did when you say Christmas spirits, but... especially of like the Christmas Carol, like the ghost of Christmas. Yeah, uh... I'm, I'm. I think that they could be, be a, a mean six man. Yeah, <laughs> I know you did a little bit of research before we started, Riley. Let's go ahead and see what you have uh, drawn up for us. All right. Um, so I think let's just do it how we normally do it, where. Um, I'm going to, like, throw out a position, and uh, I guess, like, we can just have you guys debate. Um, so, this is the one that I was the most sure of, and I was, like, this is – when I envisioned this in my head, I'm, like, I know where this guy's got to go. So, I have at power forward Santa Claus. Interesting. And oh, this is why. Yeah, I need a pitch because I'll tell you right now, immediately in my head, I thought of him as the center. So, tell me why power forward. Okay. This is why he's power forward. He it he is not that tall, infamously not that tall, but he is incredibly bulky. <laughs> he reminds me of Charles Barkley or Zion or Julius Randle. I think he could just dominate in the paint if he really wanted to and got mad. Dude, there's that whole thing. What if he like he touches his nose and he just shoots up in the air? He just does that off the court, three sixty dunk. Liam's the ball. That'd be I think he could. And I, the other thing, I think he's a huge morale guy. Obviously, he he knows everything about the team inside and out. He knows their interior defense. He he can figure it out, man. That's Santa Claus for you. I think he, watching him play basketball, would be like watching Zion at Duke. It's just otherworldly. 
You're, uh, is this just a long-winded fat joke against Sion? <laughs> no, no, no. Because you know what? I, th- I, in my head, I envision Santa Claus to be much more athletic, much, much better than Zion. I kind of envision Santa Claus of what Zion should be. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think Santa exactly. Claus is a better player in my head. Exactly. That's exactly how I saw it, too. Well, yeah, um, I, but- I kind of agree with your take. Because, um, like I said, I kind of originally saw him at center. But he, he's not going to be able to get rebounds. So we're going to kind of need to compliment him with someone who could help on the rebound. I, I, I thought about that as well. So. so come on, hit us. What do you think? I think if you give him a good fr- – let's, let's really up this front court, though. So let's pair him at center with another huge body. Let's give him Frosty the Snowman at center. There you go, John. Same thing. <laughs> I had Frosty the Snowman as well at center. And I'm envisioning the Frosty the Snowman playing like Boogie Cousins. He can He's shoot too, though. Because big. Yeah. Exactly. Because, dude, you can't have him spend too much time in the paint if Santa Claus is going to be down there just, like, waiting for dunks. He'll he can't melt. can't do it. He'll melt. <laughs> literally, he'll melt. <laughs> he will literally melt down there. Um, yeah, so I kind of I kind of see what you're coming from there. Um, I think he compliments Santa Claus well. Uh, does he have the height needed to play center in this team? You can well, what I guy. think makes – I was going to say, I think what makes Frosty the Snowman so impressive is off-season training, dude. You could just keep adding more snow to him, and he's going to just keep gaining mass and height if you add more height to him. Just add more he could be, yeah. Dude, he could be like 7'8", 280, and there's nobody's going to stop him. I do want to what make a pitch right off the bat, though, just to keep – I feel like we're doing a great job, like, adding on to different players. I think as a little – kind of like underlined to Frosty at center. I think our sixth man has to be the abominable snowman. He's been in Christmas classes before, I think, as like a villain or things like that, right? I think he's considered a Christmas character. Oh, yeah, Rudolph. He was in Rudolph. Yeah, he's in Rudolph. So, I think I yeah, think Frosty could like melt under pressure and like I think running up and down the court, his stamina is not – he does – that's the whole point of the movie is that he does go away at some point. So you want to sub in – the Abominable Snowman, just to – he's not going to have the versatility that Frosty does. People don't know him and, like, his songs. There's not as, many, as much iconography of it, but, like, he comes in and like, oh, yeah, that's right. He is in that, in that Rudolph special. I do love the Abominable Snowman. So he's, like, the ideal sixth man to me. Yeah, so what's funny, John, uh, is actually – that's who I actually had in my head as our starting center. But I actually like this idea better because it's literally perfect. You brought up the analogy I want to make. If Frosty melts – you bring in this body, he could literally be like Taco Fall, just this massive monster. Yeah. That like will can't form a sentence. In. Yeah, he'll sub in if it's there's like twelve seconds left on the clock and there's a free throw and we need the rebound. We bring in the abominable snow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I think this offense runs perfect because Christmas offenses, right? They have to run through Santa Claus, right? I mean, that's just that's yeah. a given. So making like a big man lineup like that where like Santa is the one, the primary scorer and at the power forward, you need bigger men like Frosty or like the abominable snowman <laughs> to end up and like open up the paint for him and also make, make sure you have to keep the offense honest and you can't only guard Santa because you can get easy layups with Frosty and the abominable snowman. Right. Can I guess who you had as point guard? Yeah, go I- for it. I think you had Rudolph as a point guard with the, like his nose to guide the team. Exactly, dude. You could see it all. Exactly. He has the vision. That's exactly who I wanted at point guard. Is, that's, that's not who you wanted at point guard. We're no, pretty much three for three. 
He's great. Yeah. Has Rudolph, great core vision. I, dude, exactly. He's got An great underdog. core vision. He's like, I feel he like he's is, like he's Chris a natural, Paul. He's a natural board leader. So my head, I thought of him as Rondo because Rondo in any team he was on, he was never the best player. And I don't think Rudolph will be the best player on this team. But he has the wherewithal and the knowledge to lead a team. He can lead the way. He can lead everything. He's the best leader there is on Christmas. Literally the best leader. I I think he is the guy. He's the guy you want bringing the ball up the court and, like, throwing it into other teams to make offensive plays. I love that. I mean, that's got to be a given, though, right? Yeah, we all had that. Santa can't be himself without Rudolph leading the way. Santa, he's important to our best player. Santa, I think he's the perfect person we kind of want leading our offense. Yeah, I mean, well, think if you think back to uh, to to Duke, like in, when when Zion was so great, I think honestly what made him so great was you RJ like and uh, Cam Reddish and Trey Jones. They bring the ball up the court for Zion to like cultivate and make his own moves. Um, and I I I just think Rudolph, again to your point, natural born leader. He leads the way. He saves Christmas. He can bail this team out when they need him to too. He can get his own shot. I think he's I think he's the leader we need. I'm very happy with him at the point guard. I love it. Now these uh, these next two are tough. I'm having a hard time thinking of shooting guards. This is someone who's going to be more of the hot shot of the team. Kind of has like the sexier, streaky moments. Yeah, Steve, what'd you have? Uh, so I actually wanted to bring up uh, a certain character. I didn't know if he fit into the mold of anybody, but if he doesn't, if you guys don't see him as your shooting guard or small forward. I at least want to petition for him to be the mascot of the team. Uh, and that's Buddy the Elf. I think he's so important to, to Christmas and Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf. Um, I think he, at the very least, is important for team morale and make everybody better. Um, I don't know if that makes him the perfect small forward or shooting guard, but I think he's important to have around. Does anyone agree? I like, with I like it. No, I, I agree, too. I feel like I always try to bring up Elf into Christmas conversations, too, but I think there hasn't been – that huge of uh, an iconic Christmas movie in the 21st century. If you think about all the ones that get played a ton on TV and reruns this time of year, it's always like Home Alone, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's the only like recent one that's really important. So I feel like that's a really relevant example. I like him there. And I think uh, Buddy Elf can also just signify like Santa's elves. Also, like it could be like elves in general. Elves yeah, I, I like that. But like Santa Buddy the elf there somewhere. Buddy the elf yeah. is the actual character playing. One also with Samus, but with elves, is they're natural-born followers. They're never going to try to steal the limelight for themselves. That's not what you want in situations like this. Like, you'd hate to have in crunch time guys who just, like, steal the ball from the best players to try to get their shot. You don't want JR. No. You know what I mean? I I think Buddy the Elf's very coachable, too. Like, he would do exactly what our coach said. And I just think if if we want to involve elves – no other elf is going to be able to play basketball team if we want to be good. I'm sorry. Buddy the Elf would be the only elf who could play basketball for us. There's a scene in Elf where he's playing basketball and they're cutting to all the reasons why he's a human. He's just dunking on everyone <laughs> at, at Elf practice. Yeah, that's a great photo. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, my so, suggestion where, where for shooting guys... guard is a uh, – I kind of I, whenever I think about Christmas too, and this is just me and my own upbringing, but I, I think if you see these characters at all, it doesn't bring me to Christmas because all the holidays – yeah, they're important. Halloween, Thanksgiving. I, I feel we have to have a Peanuts character in here somewhere. And I think for shooting guard, for someone that gets like really streaky and can kind of work, I want to go for Linus Van Pelt's 
at the end of uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas special. He brings it all together. He just goes off for those, those like two or three minutes talking about what makes Christmas really important and why it matters to Charlie Brown. So he kind of saves the day there. If we need a bucket really quick, I want to kick it out to Linus. So you want Linus to two? I kind of like Linus at the two, even though he's a bit of a of a of a known like baby dragging around his blanket. No one really trusts him. I feel like when it when it matters, he can come and just get hot. Would he work well with Rudolph though? I feel like that's a, a pretty <laughs> the defense on that backcourt might be pretty weak. <laughs> yeah, I, they're gonna get blown by real quick. And like, obviously, I love Linus as much as the next guy. I, I don't think he's too he's he's not assertive enough in my mind. Yeah. He might be more like a Steve Novak. Like, if we had another bench spot, he could be a bench spot for a shooting guard. So, um, it remains open. Steve, Steve, when you mentioned Buddy the Elf, uh, did you say what position you wanted him at? So, I could see him. I saw him as a wing. So, either a shooting guard or a small forward. Because he couldn't have been the point guard. Uh, he couldn't have been the center or power forward. But maybe shooting guard. I don't think we could center the team around him at small forward. So I think he's more of a complimentary role if we don't want to go just off the bench or as a mascot. But I think he's important and could play a good role as a shooting guard for us if we need it. Yes. He, and I, I just looked it up. Will Farrell is 6'3". I think that's a solid size for a shooting guard. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so I would take Buddy the Elf as shooting guard, which means – so, yeah, John, I, I like Linus. I'm definitely good with having him on the team. Um, I don't know if I want him. He, he could be a 10 day contract. Yeah. Yeah. He could replace yeah, yeah. any of our players if they get COVID. <laughs> all right. Um, Tampa's got to get like going to health and safety protocols, seeing all those kids in one night talk about a super spreader. All right. This is the last for I, this guy at small forward. He's got to make the team. Um, honestly, from a row, he may not be great, but in terms of his physical, I don't know if we've had a guy a surefire prospect as this guy and that is the Grinch coming at small forward. Wow. Grinch. I was worried he might would he get along with Santa? At, well, at the very end of the movie what it he figures it out. That's but, true. This is post like conclusion of the movie Grinch like new and improved. Yes. Okay. And, but the number one thing you have to think about height and wingspan. The Grinch has—he's got some of the best there is. He's incredibly tall. Great, that's in the Hu, the Who universe. So the comparison may be off in the human universe, but he's tall and his arms stretch out incredibly wide. I think he could be a great defender just to make sure nobody gets by him. And I think he's got reach over other players. I envision him like like Durant. Well, we know we know he's good at stealing things, so he probably would be good at. Oh stealing. yeah, you're right. I know, I like dude. That's what he's got that. Uh, he's got the wingspan. I think he's got to be on the team. I really do. As um, long as we're sure he wouldn't cause chemistry, that's the only reason I didn't have him on my list. Which is because I'd be worried he'd be like, kind of like Monday was to the days of the week. So like, I don't know. But if it's post conclusion of the movie, I think like he learned. Like he knows the meaning of Christmas. Yeah, I, I agree. And then also in the end of the movie. He's also incredibly strong, if you remember, like that the 
the sacks of gifts going to fall off the side of the mountain yeah. and he pulls it all up by his own strength. So having that extra strength in there too, it's probably only going to help him, which means that when he drives to the basket, he's got size on him to make contact and draw fouls. With no problem. So I think, I think he is like a, a can't miss prospect. If he's, if he's learned his lesson at the very end of the book. If he's healthy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I have anybody better. John, do you have any other uh, characters you want to bring up? The only one I would have thrown in there is someone who also raises concerns for chemistry. And I think it just is almost too fitting for it, its name is the heat miser to come on in. <laughs> oh, like, dude, I love the heat miser. Kind of go deep. I feel like that guy has a great song in the year without Santa. I, it's very memorable for me as an icon, but I think, I think you see Grinch on wrapping paper. There's a 350 million plus box office movie with, with Jim Carrey. So I think if you want to have a team that's really marketable, you do go Grinch. But Heat Miser is interesting for those heat check moments. I I would consider the Heat Miser when Santa needs to rest at power forward. You bring yeah, him he's in not, there he's again. Kind of like I Warrior think right. and Mario Hoops yeah, three on dude, three. Heat- I think heat check is a great, great word for him. He's just going to take some shots. He may not make all of them, but um, we don't need him. If we have, if we can, we can start taking rest. We can try to run the offense. Rudolph can kind of create an offense a little bit more for the Grinch or when the Grinch isn't feeling good, he passes out the heat miser. Is there any case to be had for Kevin from home alone? Does he have a place on this team at all? I I think he's he's too short. I think he's too short. I think he's just yeah. I don't know how he, like I feel like he would almost be like the backup point guard maybe behind Rudolph, um, whenever Rudolph needs a minute. But I don't think he can earn a starting spot for us. My problem with Kevin from Home Alone is I feel like he thinks he's the star of the show. Yeah, he probably like he'd have all these brilliant ideas and want to incorporate them and be like, sometimes you just gotta get down to basketball. And I don't know if he necessarily has the skills there. Once the parents Again, leave I that movie, that it's movie. just him. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, I love that movie, but he's such a little shit in that movie too. <laughs> like, he can become such like a little like jerk, and like I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'd want him as the guy on the offense. Like, these are the problems that when the Celtics collapsed in like in 2016, because they had some guy like Terry Rozier being like, "I'm actually the guy," like. <laughs> He might I, want the maybe, team for himself, whereas Santa Santa's like, man, you got to earn your stripes, like he did in the movie. Exactly. Come on. I think Santa Santa can take this this team home, no problem. Yeah, I think we're better off. A of that. similar comp, I would rather Ralphie from A Christmas Story. I feel like that kid's always working towards something. He has a lot of hope and ambition. He's young. Oh, that I is good. I think he wouldn't hurt our team as much as Kevin would. I think you're right. It was definitely somebody we had to bring up. It's important. Uh, um, my last one I had just as a nomination was, have you guys ever seen the movie Jingle All the Way? With Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, yeah, the only important thing is just Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I think having Arnold Schwarzenegger on the team could just be a huge factor. That's our Giannis. Um, well, I, I, actually, yeah, I, I actually want to make a pitch for a coach. I know we don't normally do a coach, but okay, I think a good coach for our team and a good leader of men would be the Polar Express conductor. I think he would be a great motivational coach. He's seen it all. I think he's just a perfect guy. We'd want to lead it all. I agree. I I had him I had him on my team as well. I actually had him as the backup point guard for that exact reason. I love that. I love that. If there's one go-to for team owner, it's got to be Scrooge McDuck. 
Uh, John, I actually had for as our the coach, uh, I had also nominated George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life because like he isn't very he always about his unity and synergy within an organization and making sure it's the team above the coach. He's not one of those guys who's going to put the coach above the. It's not it's not the players and the coach. It's the players are the the most number one important part of the. He's team. like Steve Kerr. <laughs> exactly. Um, my other thing I had just as a guy, perfect role player, I thought the nutcracker because <laughs> he's literally not going to try to cause a scene and be his own thing. He goes, whatever anybody tells me to do, I'm going to get in there and do it. I think he's yeah. like the perfect. He's replaceable. There's guard. lots of nutcrackers. Yeah. All right. Um, this was so a good one. I think, yeah, I think we got it. So I think locked in finalists. We got Rudolph at point guard, right? Locked in. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Buddy the Elf at shooting guard at the two. Solid pick there as well. Uh, we got the Grinch at small forward, but only after he's learned the error of his ways and he's become yes. a good Grinch. But the uh, heart. We have to make that clear. Yeah. Face of the team, face of the franchise, Santa Claus at power forward. No debates there. That's, that's got to be a, a clear one. And uh, snowman at center, and with the abominable snowman, Linus, Heat Miser, and Kevin from Home Alone, and the Nutcracker all backing this team up. This, this is, is a, a really, team. this is a scary team. Yeah. I think what we should eventually work towards is every time we do an episode, we're gonna do these starting fives. As we get into playoff territory, we could do a playoff bracket with all of them. And I think this is my like front runner for a finals winner right now. I'll see if we can I'll be surprised if we make a better team. Yeah. I think, done. I think this could be the team led by uh Saturday at the small forward. <laughs> oh my god, for sure, dude. Santa Claus is gonna yam all over Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Days of the week are a play in team at best. Days of the yeah. week might be the last seed. <laughs> They're really rough. Yeah. Do we get a Thanksgiving Christmas Day finals? They could make it far. Who's Santa covering at center there? Oh, uh, no. He, so he's got to stretch out for oh, that's right. potatoes, for- right? I mean, Santa and potatoes. There's no match. Santa there. guarding potatoes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means. Would you rather live in a world without Santa or potatoes? potatoes. That's tough. I would give up potatoes. <laughs> I might give up Santa. I need fries. Fries. I don't know. Chips mashed. Santa Claus is like the only one good thing that exists in the world. <laughs> it's true. So you hold on to as long as you can. Movies will be ruined too, like episodes, Christmas movies. There was no, 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 none of the Christmas movies. That would suck. Well, this is right. a solid one, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I hope you're able to go ahead and enjoy these Christmas Day games as much as possible. It was fun to talk about these really exciting teams going on right now. We'll see if. Thunder and Grizzlies can kind of keep riding this wave. I can't believe when we come back, we're almost at the halfway point of the season. That's crazy. I hope we still have a season. I think <laughs> I think the NBA is going to push through. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we'll make it. It's kind of nuts, but the saving grace might be like the Joe Johnson. It's kind of nuts that I don't think there are many sports where like you can just pull people like off <laughs> – like veterans who have been done for three or four years. The NBA is kind of like that. You can just come in and get a run for however long they need you for. It's pretty cool. So I think that may be the saving grace. I was watching the Hawks Magic game today because it was on national TV for whatever reason, and Vince Carter was, like, doing the broadcast. And they were like, so, Vince, uh, 
all seriousness, could you like suit up that we need you on Christmas Day? And he was like, no. And they're like, no, we're serious. Like, we kind of need some bodies. He definitely could. Just warm bodies. Yeah, so looking forward to it, though, for sure. It's going to be good stuff. Everyone, thanks for joining us. Um, If this is your first episode, thanks for hanging through us for a strange, but at the same time, pretty much just gets us to a T of an episode. If you want to check us out for other stuff, what do we have coming up in the the, uh, Hoop Fiends universe canon, guys? We have a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah, the Fantasy Football Survivor League. That's probably the craziest thing we got going on over at Football Fiends. We just entered the final two. We just had our final tribal council take place tonight. That probably will be dropping. I'm not sure before or after this. It's kind of going to be whenever I get around to certain stuff. We'll find out. But you can check out everything we're doing at Hoopkins Pod on Instagram, Facebook, uh, not Facebook. Uh, not Facebook. Never. Not our audience. Facebook. I did it again. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, and yeah, looking forward to it. Um, make sure to, uh, if you need life, uh, life coaching advice, to give uh, the Polar Express conductor a call or otherwise have a good holiday break. We'll catch you guys next time.